0: Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade, and I'm Jason Sachs.
1: I'm Amir Malik.
0: And this week we are starting our look at the 1990 DC four-part series of Batman: The Cult, written by Jim Starlin, drawn by Bernie Wrightson, colored by Bill Ray, and lettered by John Costanza. What a violent ass comic, but what a great comic!
1: Wow. It's a great comic yeah I wasn't expecting it uh, this to be this violent which I don't know how how I love it how much I love it but um but yeah it's it was it was I love the art and I love the themes but the violence is crazy it yeah
0: Uh, Wrightson's artness is incredible and I'm sure we're gonna get into that Mm -hmm. both is like the way he draws things but also like his storytelling is just astonishing
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah this is a dark dark story uh and the the violence is, is so grim and brutal and nasty it's actually hard to imagine something like this being published today
1: yeah yeah i also wanted to say i i really enjoyed the coloring as well by bill ray I, I agree. The
0: great. I agree. And it it it's pre-computer coloring since it's from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think he's he's able to kind of get to this deeper palette. You know, Ray's a good artist by himself. So um, I know he he had a lot of ideas on how to have the color kind of emphasize the actions. He really uses the color to kind of just make everything more grim and nasty and dark and
1: and rough to get through. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what um i know has he been a I don't know i that name is so popular bill ray but i know we're jumping over starlin and bernie wrightson but we'll get that I, I just i looked him up you know it, it sounds like he's been a there wasn't any particular comics that he did did he draw comics or was he like a fine artist or he drew some comics
0: i think he's the guy who did uh like a bunch of dinosaur art Mm-hmm. He worked on Ren and Stimpy's show too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't realize he worked for Mad. Uh, but yeah, he didn't do very many comics, but he did some.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know where his name upstairs? He did a like a Mike, like a Hellboy Jr. with Mike Mignola that I actually have mm-hmm. a few issues of. So that's where I know him from.
0: Yeah, this comic called Big Blown Baby.
1: Mm-hmm. how is that? only
0: press published it was okay
1: oh. mm-hmm. but yeah i love the coloring i think the art and coloring are the stars and i, I actually like the way that the story starts like like it's kind of like a cool like you go back and forth in time like how where batman is right now and then how he got there that's the first issue basically Hmm.
0: and then all the stuff about uh the history of gotham city and the kind of evil that's always been part of but that was really effective you know how they connect this yeah. uh crazy cult leader to th- yeah. this uh traditional messenger who came to the native americans the time of, or the to the settlers right the time that no the native yeah. americans at a time when you know the the uh the city was just being colonized How they tie it all back to like the extermination of the natives and then the the uh settlers come over and they're uh they they think they found a peaceful area of the world that's abandoned by natives and instead it ends up being completely destructive to them so it's like this idea of like the history echoing and repeating itself and uh mm-hmm. there's no escape from the horrible past present and future of gotham city like it's all tied together Mm -hmm. i like that it's kind of the sense of like predestination in a way Mm -hmm.
1: and there's also like basically i guess we should maybe just set it up where batman is has been captured by cult potentially a religious cult or the religious figure a prophet figure cult who cultivates his beliefs among the poor like the homeless and the not necessarily the criminals, but more like the homeless and the poor. And I think that's kind of juxtaposed by the fact that a lot of people allude to Batman as this wealthy industrialite, who's like total capitalist against poor people. And like, he goes out in the streets and beats up poor people. That's basically his superheroism. Mm -hmm. And so like, obviously you see him in torture mode, in a brainwashed mode like they're trying to brainwash him into like believing uh this guy but at the same time you kind of at least for the first uh three quarters of the comic you kind of uh somewhat sympathize with the cult or the poor people at least yeah not the poor people but the homeless people who basically they've been cleared up and they've gone down into the they live in the sewer so a lot of people are like yeah you know the cops are like saying like oh yeah you know we have cleaning up the streets it's working you know everything is working we're doing very well like there's no homeless people in the streets which if uh, i'm from the bay area so if you go to san francisco you see a lot of that now yeah and uh and it's as if like they disappear. They, they've disappeared overnight but there's something more sinister going on at it, these and then, of course, Batman is gets captured after he tries to do some detective work around it. And now we're in the process of his brainwashing, which is beautiful with Bernie Wrights and art and Bill Ray coloring.
0: And you know, the like all cult leaders, like this cult leader, uh, kind of he he makes a point, right? It's like, how many lowlifes have you busted only to have them walk on a technicality? How many vile criminals are stalking these streets free and unpunished? The hoodlums have taken over the city. It's a cesspool out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, mm-hmm. you know, you can absolutely empathize with that. You could see Batman like, he's weak because he's been tortured and he's weak because he's been through hell and he hasn't eaten anything of any meaning or anything like that. But also, you know, he can, he can he's susceptible to this uh viewpoint because you know the cult leader has some core of sense right even alex jones makes a little bit of sense sometimes
1: Mm -hmm. yeah what is it like a broken clock is right twice a day
0: yeah so you can see why he falls for this because he's put under such uh like conditions that kind of Force him to get not force him, but push him over the line. He even give it the psychedelics.
1: Yeah, he's given psychedelics. He's being tortured, and actually, for the first time in this book, um when he's getting tortured, and then he's kind of like starting to believe or what I see. You know, he says the point where Batman's like, "I see, I see it." You know, and you could actually see when people get put under like such pain. And suffering, and then you relieve them, you release them of that pain and suffering. I could see euphoria coming. So, like, if he's like being tortured and cut and whipped and stuff, and then they're all like, they release him, and he doesn't feel that anymore, and he's like, oh, that seems like a euphoric drug state. And I could mm-hmm. see somebody who's been, gone through torture to go, become kind of like a believer, which is scary.
0: But totally realistic, right? He's been broken down, bruised, battered. uh, And he comes out the other side and he's going to feel, yeah, euphoria for being freed from all his preconceptions too. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the hardest things to go through in life, I'll get philosophical for a second, is to constantly be having to make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. Constantly be on your own and, you know, uh, uh, not having any sort of guardrails or having your own guardrails kind of be what prevent you from doing things. And I think one of the things people find compelling about a cult is you no longer have to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're kind of being told to do things in a way that uh, removes your agency and it's gotta be freeing in some ways.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, also, these folks who join this particular cult, you got nothing to lose. What are you gonna do? Put me in the streets. I'm already in the street. What are you gonna do? Take away my money. I already don't have any money. I don't have any possessions. I'm filthy. You know, I have I'm sick. I'm hungry. So at least you have some type of purpose, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And and
0: yeah, at least at least there's someone who's gonna give you a different life, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Better. I mean, I don't know if it's better. They're living in the sewers, which actually, like, I don't know if this is done on purpose or but it's like you actually you your life can get worse. you live living at least you're living on the on the street, and now you gotta go and like sleep with the poop and the crap in the sewers, and then do all this crime and these things that you are away from. So
0: but again, their their worlds have been so broken down. That mm-hmm. uh, even something, even something as base and terrible as that, at least yeah. kind of carries them along, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm interested in. I mean, I did. I've read this before. It's been probably over ten years since I read this comic, and I remember I really enjoyed it back then. Um, it'd be interesting to see who are some of the accomplices. I mean, obviously, I actually skimmed. I know a little bit about what the dude is all about, and. There's nothing redeeming about him. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: But um, it'd be interesting. I, I think joining that cult, a lot of people probably did it against their own wishes, you know?
0: Yeah. Or, or yeah. Because he's, and we'll find.
1: Yeah. We'll find it's not really a cult.
0: He's grabbed enough of the people where, like, literally, they're not, there's nobody on the streets anymore. So they've got to been coerced and pushed into it got to be some deeper element of kind of uh you know hypnosis to it god the scene mm-hmm. where the cops go down to the to that area uh you know the square and there's nobody there it's time that mm-hmm. the square should be packed should be wall-to-wall pimps hookers dealers and you know, other assorted of nasties out there it ain't mm-hmm. though and like they're just as terrified by the lack of the people as they are by the people because at least it's when the people are there it's something they're used to Mm
1: -hmm. imagine
0: a crime-free Gotham City Mm
1: -hmm. you know what's so funny this is like non-sequitur but you know I've lived in San Francisco and I lived in Seattle and San Francisco would be like it reminds me of San Francisco is like that where it's like a lot of homeless people are very busy you know and the downtown Seattle looks a lot like downtown San Francisco except it's empty at night Downtown mm-hmm. Seattle seems like after this cult came and cleaned it up. It's oh, really wow. because there's less yeah. people living in Seattle, but it's just kind of funny. Was, it's was always eerie for me walking downtown after nine o'clock.
0: There's nothing there. Well, now it's full of homeless people.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It's becoming San Francisco.
0: Yeah, it is a lot like San Francisco these days. Do um, you wanted to read this in part because you liked Starlin's writing so much on, on uh, Infinity Gauntlet. What do you think of Starlin's writing here?
1: I liked I like the cosmic stuff better. <laughs> his, okay. It's funny. I like his Marvel stuff better. And maybe it's just the mindset that I'm in right now. Um, but um, I enjoyed, I mean, Starlin is like a character killer. He killed uh, Robin, right? Jason Todd, who's actually in this book briefly right right prominent later. In DC, it seems like he's been very harsh, whereas in Marvel, he was harsh, but within the confines of Marvel comics, you don't get like I guess. Okay, let me step back. I know I'm going all over the place. <laughs> I believe, it feels like Starling came into DC after Dark Knight Returns and when he was with Marvel is before. So you you still had that, I don't know for lack of a better word, not innocence, but more like wonder, like a childlike wonder to stories, even though like people died or whatever. It was more fantastical. It was more like superhero Whereas, Whereas when he came into DC, it was after Watchmen after Dark Knight Returns, so everything was pretty dark. So he had to kill, uh, you know, have have Joker brutally murder, uh, um, you know, Robin. Have people bathe in blood in this book. So you know, it's just like,
0: yeah. He, like, I wonder if he was hired to create or pitch this book to as being like the darkest Batman story ever. Because, my God, it is so just like bleak. In oh, a way yeah. that by I the, never felt like Infinity Gauntlet was bleak.
1: By the way, like, the reason I say he's a character killer, he killed Robin, he killed um, Captain Marvel, he killed uh, Warlocks, I don't know who else. Is, I think he's named, he's called himself that, too.
0: Yeah, he's the guy who had Thanos snap his fingers and killed half the oh, yeah. living creatures in the universe, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you think part of that is because
0: of, well, in this book, anyway, because of Wrightson being his artist instead of George Perez?
1: Yeah, possibly. Wrightson is a horror artist,
0: and like they they came together and decided to create something that was, um, you know, appropriate for for Wrightson. I haven't read a lot of his mainstream, like the ordinary Batman stories from that era. I wonder if they're dark in the same way.
1: Oh, Predator, isn't it? Doesn't he do Predator Batman or Batman? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Batman Aliens. I think with Dave Gibbons. I'm not sure. But...
0: Well, that sounds right, yeah. Mm. Because like Reitman's art, yeah, this is first of all, this is clearly like post Dark Knight. He's even got like the TV panels in there, um, so you know he's he's got to pull in the, kind of the deeper the, the the media, and he's also got the dream sequence at the beginning. They have the dream sequence at the beginning, which gets into the symbolism of Batman and what it means to be Batman, and mm-hmm. you know that also really echoes against uh frank miller and dark knight returns you know the scenes with the joker really have a dkr kind of feel to them
1: yeah yeah that's a good that's a good scene the beginning where he hallucinates joke the colors on joker are pretty cool yeah
0: oh yeah i love the way they writes in and ray create the joker in those panels don't you mm-hmm. yeah. like he's just distorted enough where he looks like bizarre but also likes, like like semi-realistic
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and I feel like I could rant about rights and art all day
1: in a good way
0: in a good way
1: yeah yeah you loved it right I, I loved it here yeah I mean I'll sometimes um and this is gonna sound sacrilege so I apologize but sometimes I feel like it's uh when he gets really cartoony in some of those um like, I'm not a big fan of his cartoony in the horror sense, but I mean, I, I see the, the, the genius and I just don't enjoy it. Like, the style that Sam Keith kind of has taken from him, mm-hmm. maybe it's because I've been exposed to Sam Keith and that's the part I don't like. But this one, it seems very like um, DC House style, which he, he's trying to merge his style with DC House style, which I, I kind of mm-hmm. enjoy. What do you say it's like DC Huff style? I don't know. I feel like it's more squared instead of round. Round. Oh, okay. Huh. But maybe it's because all the evil people are still round looking, except the, the cult leader.
0: Yeah, it's it's very kind of these characters really feel solid, you know. Yeah. Almost have a three-dimensional feel to them. I think Ray's like, you know, brings what? that out.
1: The guy that looks like a rat, I don't know what his name is. He looks like a rat guy. Yeah. In the beginning. I feel mm-hmm. like that. a oh, Rat Face. Yeah, it's his name, Rat Face. Rat Face is a typical Bernie Wrightson character to me. They're all like that. They all have these big noses, big giant noses and like weird contorted faces. And even the good guys are like that a little. They're always a little awkward, kind of like fanzine ish um, but then here, I mean, I like it. I mean, he's he's amazing. He's a genius. But I'm saying like it's not my favorite. And here it's it's his best work. I mean, not mm-hmm. best work. The work that I can it's palatable for me. Okay. But I need to read more of his work. I I know. Yeah, I'm um, a
0: big fan of his work too. But yeah, like that man's got the big Kelly Jones type of ears. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I I see a lot of Kelly Jones in Wrightson's work too. Or, well, you know, I mean, a lot of rights in Kelly Jones's work, I should say, I mean, which I'm sure Jones would admit, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean Kelly Jones and Sam Keith are, like, school of rights, and, right? and it's it's beautiful stuff. I'm not, it's just not my top five artists I guess. I okay. Yeah, I should, but
0: because me as the, as the guy who loves storytelling so much, you know, the way the panels are arranged and the way that emphasizes the story, again and again, I like actually was, like, amazed, like, really caught up in, like, how beautifully writes and can, can create a scene and get this progression. I love the repeated bit he has, for example, where he has multiple images all right next to each other, so you get this kind of, I don't know, panoply or something of a character's emotions. Like, you first see it on the page right after the dream, where we see Batman chained up. Mm-hmm. And there's one, two, three, four, five, like eight images oh, of yeah. him across the top. And like, it's, it's, it, it's such an intriguing uh, way to show a scene like that. I don't think I've seen anyone else create a scene like that. In fact, that really like gives you this almost like cubist vision of what you're
1: seeing. Yeah. You know that scene that's saying, it's just two different images, right? With different colors and then proportions right next to each other.
0: I think he just draws them slightly differently.
1: Does he? Oh, okay. I, I thought it was just basic. So there's like the the first one has been repeated four times. Yeah, they're both four. Oh, yeah, for me, it's. I know. I like, might
0: be. I, maybe I'm interpreting it differently than you. Though I don't know. Because hmm. yeah, it looks like there's. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because it looks like they're close ups or one image that's been used multiple times.
1: It just, cr- I mean, I'm not saying just. I'm saying it's interesting the way they've done it. It's like it's another style, like the cropping and then incorporating the different colors in the background. Um, it's really interesting. It's a, this is why the color is beautiful. And I think it's, the cool thing is you you notice that there's a fire in the background. And so you see it's the same image repeating, but their background is a little bit different. Sometimes it's yellow, sometimes it's orange, sometimes it's red. And that's just the fire, kind of like the, the, the live fire going on and off.
0: It's interesting how they trust Ray to create the fire. It's not drawn by rights and it's really comes out through the colors.
1: Man, this Bill guy is a good color. I got to find out what else he's colored.
0: Right? And then Wrightson does this other thing repeatedly, too. So he does this that multiple images of the face. He likes to do like four panels straight across from each other, where you have like a zoom in or zoom out or at a different angle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where So you get like this kind of the steadiness and then the break
1: Mm-hmm.
0: or like in the scene where uh, Batman's confronting the the uh, bad guys in the alleyway what's that page 25 in my digital copy and at the bottom of the page he cuts between all the different faces and they each have their own specific emotions like again it's very cinematic in a very comic booky way if that makes any sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then there's that sequence as part of that where uh, Batman gets shot and the camera stays steady. Again, I'm using this term camera, but you see him in the sequence of four panels uh, get hit and then fall down.
1: Oh, yeah. And that panel is like, it's weird. It's like ripped apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's ripped apart. Exactly. And so it, it you remind I keep coming back to Dark Knight, but it like reminds me a lot of like the, the, not actually not Dark Knight, of uh, Ronin and the experiments Miller did in Ronin to break up the page in different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the paneling is amazing. Yeah, the storytelling is great.
0: Right, there's a scene on page 31 where the guy's in the doorway and he's like, crack, ludes, reefer, no thanks, shithead. And then the arms come and grab him and he goes into the darkness. And that's almost like a, it's a very similar to a scene in Ronin where uh, the the robot boy is kind of dragged in. He's in the sewers and he gets dragged into the darkness by the uh, people living down there. So mm-hmm. It's is uh, like a, an interesting dialogue with that same era of DC history.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't believe they said shithead in this comic. <laughs>
0: i still wonder like what was the mentality that led them led them to release something like this because I mean, this, this is, is really fucking dark
1: comics code right just passed the comics code authority
0: like the scene with the with that poor prostitute woman whose body is whose facing is completely uh, uh, mutilated mm-hmm. cut off her fingers and like that image is just so horrible
1: oh my god i didn't even notice that shoot I just noticed that fingers are cut Uh,
0: and like you don't want to look at it but you can't look away and it's like why did i don't know i i i don't want to know but i'm kind of mystified about this getting the green light from dc because it's so freaking off model yeah i mean i guess the kayfabe guys were just talking about um arkham asylum arkham asylum came out around the same time too and you know that's another surrealistic Batman story.
1: Yeah, but that one is is actually more tame than this, believe it or not.
0: Yeah, this is not a tame story. I haven't read ahead, and I've never read this before.
1: Oh really? Oh okay. What do you I, think? You want to do?
0: I, I didn't know what to expect, but um, I'm glad I read it because this really fills a a box i hadn't known i needed to fill or like e- even leaving aside the violence and stuff which is kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. it's a really really dark comic right um the rights and art and the gray coloring just pulled me along
1: mm-hmm. it exactly that that's what i would say the superstars are rights and art and the ray coloring
0: um I think Sarlan's writing a good story, but I I, I wasn't as compelled by it. And I don't get the bit with the tower at the end either, why that was so significant.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I think Wrightson did a good, like he set it up properly. I think the scenes, dialogue, they're all fine. It's not something that I'd love to read. On a Sunday morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are we going to come back for issue two, though?
1: What do you think?
0: I'd like to read all four of these.
1: Let's do it. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, Amir. <laughs>